When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time for our predictions. Okay, we're going to bring in Adam Studzinski, our ace producer here, because he is going to make his prediction. He's got things to do, people to see, places to go, and also he's got thoughts to share because, boy, I wonder which way he is leaning this week. Okay, so let me just preface this by saying last week I did pick the 49ers. I went back and checked it. So <laughs> I, I, I understand why you think I would have picked the Bears last week. I get it. I really do. But I did pick the 49ers. But I had a, I had a gut feeling that I usually go with that I ignored in picking the 49ers because I thought the Bears had a really good chance to win the game. I went with logic because I said the, the 49ers have the better roster. I'm not doing that this week. I'm going with my gut, and I'm going to pick the Bears. First of all, like this, and this is like completely intangible thing. They're just due to win a game against the Packers. They've lost eight, six in a row. They're just due. And so that's part of it. But like legitimately, I think that the Packers have a lot of work to do with their offense, as you guys have been saying, getting their work together with their receivers. The defense didn't look as good as we thought it was going to be last week. That could all change, and this could blow up in my face. But I'm going to pick the Bears in this one. And something to the tune of 25-21. Maybe it'll be lower scoring than that. And I think they go into Green Bay and get a win. Ultimately, like I said, I know I'm being a bit of a meatball fan here. I know that the Packers are overall the better team. They have Aaron Rodgers, and I'll probably regret this, but I'm going to go with it. So that's my pick. All right, that's good. I, I, you picked the Bears. Not, I mean, a lot of people are going that direction this week. They, they impressed a lot of people. Dave Wanstead was on our show earlier this week on the Mullen Haw show, he picked the bears. Um, uh, it's, oh, yeah, it's understandable. Now I think Dan, that it's going to be closer than people expect. Certainly what Vegas expects. The point spread is whatever you, whenever you got on it, it's either nine or 10. And that doesn't give uh, a lot of credence to what the bears accomplished in beating the 49ers under those conditions. I think the bears are going to compete. I think they're going to be able to, neutralize certain things, maybe get a couple turnovers that'll keep it close, maybe win the hidden yardage battle at times. But I just think that to expect Aaron Rodgers to have two straight clunkers and this offense in Green Bay, and not even the offense, maybe, let me let me rephrase that, this defense in Green Bay to have two straight subpar weeks is not realistic for me because I do think they have a defense that I was shocked at how poorly they played uh, against the Vikings. I, I think they're going to rectify a lot of those problems against the Bears. It's going to be close. I think the Bears are going to stay in it. I think they'll be disciplined. You'll see some attention to detail. And I think Justin Fields won't be asked to do too much, and he'll he'll flash on a couple plays. But I think it's going to be Green Bay 27, Bears 23. 
I have few disagreements with what you said. I have a different final score and a different final stages of this game, right? I think the Bears are going to stay competitive. I think it's going to be a good game into the fourth quarter. And I think ultimately the Packers are going to score an insurance touchdown late. My final score here is 24 to 13 Green Bay. And I think some of that, David, is just based on what you talked about, that you the, the Bears don't have Justin Jefferson to put a strain on the, the Packers defense the way the Vikings did. And they also get an angry Aaron Rodgers, who has never started a season 0-2. He's been 0-1 five times in his career, never been 0-2. And so it tells you that he's got a way of troubleshooting in week two that is proven, uh, that they're going to find answers in many different ways to put together a game plan that sets them up for success. And w- we'll see where they take it. Look, I think I, 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 if Studs thinks that being due is a, a reason to pick the Bears, I'll just let them know that the Bears have been due to win a Super Bowl for 30 plus years. Yeah. And, the, and the Lombardi Trophy in the Hallis Hall lobby where I'm sitting right now is still very lonely looking for a partner. Yeah, that's a great point. And we we both are picking scores in the 20s by the Packers. And you know what? That would fall into the category of moral victories given some of the games that we've seen at Lambeau Field in prime time with the, uh, you know, with everybody expecting more. And if they can keep it close, I do think that there will be uh, some optimism, maybe a little bit of hope. You did pick the Packers to cover, which is interesting. And I know that was just accidental. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that I've gotten in the Chicago Tribune carpool to make that drive from Lake Forest up to Green Bay many times. And so many times the drive back is like, whoa, that was a reality check, right? Like, yeah, I mean, right, those games right. can get really ugly up there. They're often in primetime. Uh, as Studs mentioned, I think the Bears have lost their last five primetime games at Lambeau Field. Their last win there was Thanksgiving night in the first year of John Fox. And, and, and they just, there's, there's, there's an exposure there that happens all too regularly. I know this is a new era, a new regime, a new team, a new coaching staff, all those new things that the Bears have at their disposal. But but it just feels like I've seen this movie before. And Aaron Rodgers has a way of inflicting torture and agony on the most hopeful Bears teams and the most hopeless Bears teams with with little regard for which one he's facing. I think you're right. But, but I, before we move on to the next segment, a little question, though. I think what we're both saying, even though we're not picking them to win, it sounds like we both competitive. Believe- the gap may be closing. Is that overstating it? I guess we'll. It see. is overstating it. it it's okay. it, the gap. Right. The gap will be close. Will be closer now. And I think for some of that is what we talked uh-huh. about in the opening about what the Packers are still trying to figure out. Are I we think they're Kenosha or Milwaukee. <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they across the state line? Yet? Yeah, maybe Milwaukee. Maybe Milwaukee. Okay. They got a little bit further to go here. Okay. But I think the Packers' improvement in the 2022 season is going to be more drastic than the Bears will be, right? And and we're going to see, particularly particularly given what we, I mean, given what we saw in week one, right? right. Like if we're doing I, that. Comparison. I want to revisit that thought because I think the improvement and how steep that climb is for the Bears this year and how steady that improvement really is will be a defining thing about the 2022 season. Can I give you a quick rundown of my three keys for this one? Yes, let's do that. All right, so... The first one, which you referenced very quickly, is stop the Thickians. <laughs> Alan Williams referred to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as Thickians in Thursday's press conference. Just said these guys are th- the guys with thick lower bodies. They move the pile. They got great jump cuts. They can block. They can catch. They do it all. I think the Packers are going to be determined to establish these two guys early in the game, as we talked about, to set up play action, to get Robert Tunyon involved, to establish a running game, to rely on what they believe at this stage of their offensive development is a major strength for them. The Bears are going to have to find ways to get up there to the line of scrimmage, win those battles, and keep those guys from taking over the game early, right? So that's number one. Number two, 
I think they need to cast doubt. And by that, I mean they need to make Aaron Rodgers doubt the people around him. The psychological battle is very real this week. If you can get Aaron to think that his offensive line isn't protecting him well enough, if you can get him to think that his young wide receivers aren't good enough, and all of a sudden he starts doing those things that we talked about that he did against the Vikings, pressing, making foolish, uncharacteristic, un-Rodgers-like mistakes, now all of a sudden you can get – a game-changing player too that that flips flips the momentum and potentially flips the final result. So that's number two. The third thing is play on script, right? And I think you'd agree with this that that Justin Fields at some point in his year two development is going to have to show an ability to make big plays that are within the playbook, right? It can't always be outside the pocket after pressure gets home and the and you know the protection breaks down and you're just running around trying to make something happen like it's the schoolyard. Ultimately, three or four times a game, you're going to have to make a big play from within the pocket, within the scheme, within the system. Justin didn't do a lot of that in week one. Mike Martz wasn't wrong in that. He was a little bit wrong in some of his other evaluations of Justin's play in week one. But Justin ultimately is going to have to become that player who who does things without needing to manufacture things, if that makes sense. And so it would be very nice to test that out Sunday night under the lights on Sunday night football. Okay, let me give my keys in a moment, but let me make a mental note to send a, a memo to Martz that the Bears will be the ones in the white uniforms and the Packers will be wearing green Perfect. this week just so he identifies the right player on the right team and he doesn't get all confused because I know apparently that's a problem when he's evaluating quarterbacks. <laughs> all right, so my keys would be, number one, work the edges. And I mean that with the tackles being compromised with the Packers, for the Bears to win this game, to keep it close, they can disrupt the passing game from Aaron Rodgers if they can get to the quarterback, even if it's a quick passing game. I don't think the passing game can be as quick and effective without the certainty at receiver like it was with Adams and his core behind him. See, that's the thing. The timing is so important when you're being pressured. And if the timing isn't there, you can be pressured, and you're more susceptible to that if you're Aaron Rodgers. And with the Bears having really four quality pass rushers coming off the edge, and I'm giving Travis Gibson the benefit of the doubt there, but I think him and Dominic Robinson and, and Muhammad and, and Robert Quinn yep. – they can stay fresh, Dan. They can stay disruptive. And if they can disrupt the passing game, the Bears have a chance. So that's number one, work the edges. For me, number two is simple. It's just protect. That goes for the football. That goes for the quarterback. That goes for the pocket. Protect. Protect the football. No dumb turnovers. Don't don't lose the takeaway battle again. That it means you have to protect the football and you have to protect the quarterback so he doesn't take unnecessary hits so he has time to plant and throw so if he wants to be in time on time this week then he's going to be able to do that with a degree of confidence when he drops back to pass I don't think they need to get too fancy I think they need to just protect the quarterback a lot of this stuff too can be neutralized if you establish your own running game because you keep that defense guessing and you don't become one-dimensional you protect the quarterback and then you have to protect the football and the third thing is, is I just think you have to win the hidden yardage battle. These are the kind of games that the yes. only way it, it takes me back to, I think it was, it wasn't Levy Smith's first year, but maybe the announcement that this was going to be a different series was Devin Hester's first year, perhaps, or uh, rookie season when he was deep uh, in a punt return against the Packers at Lambeau Field. I think it was 83 yards, if I remember right. Watching in the press box, you knew, you knew that special teams we're going to be something under Lovey Smith that the Bears excelled at. I want a sign. Give us a sign. Win the hidden yardage. Win the kicking game. Do something special that puts yourself in a better position. Because you know what? You don't have the roster that the Packers do. You certainly don't have the quarterback that's a matchup. But you can win the kicking game. And that's the only way I see a path to victory is if they 
work the edges, protect the football and the quarterback, and then win the hidden yardage with the kicking game. Can I give you a little uh, nugget here from Hallis Hall on Thursday afternoon? I sat with uh, Cairo Santos and Trent Gill at their locker stalls today and just asked a question that we're all seeking an answer to. I said, if a Bears staffer and not a player had come out and used that towel to, to tamp down the ground, would that have been allowed, right? Like we've seen uh, teams with stadiums that have snow on it come out with their plows and their shovels right before a kick and, and clear the spot there. Could the Bears have designated a a, a taken a timeout and designated someone to come do that for them. Cairo said that was a great idea. I said, I'm glad I could be helpful here in the brainstorming session here for the Bears special teams. But let's let's uh, let's try to find an answer to that question because it's an interesting one. I think it is. And, and I think that'd be a great job for Larry Mayer. <laughs> Larry, Larry needs more to do. There's no question I, I about that. I think that would be a great job. And he could just stand on the sidelines instead of going being in the press box. Let's there you run go. That, let's run that one by him.